Welcome into Monday's hour-long edition of Hot Takes. I'm David Smith, alongside Cody Blazak, and madness has officially started unfolding in college basketball for the first time ever. The top six AP Top 25 teams all lost, and the most AP Top 10 teams lost that we've seen, including number Nine Texas Tech being the one outlier, I believe, unless I'm missing somebody here. I don't believe I am that lost. So that was, I mean, it's just an absolutely insane day. And we're going to start with number one. We'll just start there and go down with Gonzaga dropping. Finally, this was this was the one that, that we talked about it Friday, that if Gonzaga was going to lose a game, it was going to be this one. Simply enough, the St. Mary's at St. Mary's, it, this is not a surprising loss to me. I think we knew if they were going to lose one of these games, it had to be them. I mean, it wasn't – when they played at Gonzaga, it wasn't It wasn't a blowout, at least in my eyes. The score may have shown it, but I, I feel like St. Mary's definitely put in what they needed to. And when they got it home, once again, home court advantage plays a big role. It plays and a massive role. They, they – St. Mary's – did what they needed to do. I, you know what I'm really surprised about? They only went up four in the rankings. I, I mean, I, I I understand it, but at the same time, like, you just beat the number one team in the nation. I, to me, I feel like you should have gone up. I'm not saying you should have gone up 10 positions or 15, but, like, maybe six or seven. Yeah, I mean, I think they maybe deserved a little bit more love, and we'll get into that new AP Top 25 in a little while, but I, I agree. I mean, I think they could have gone up much more, but nonetheless, this is a fantastic St. Mary's squad, and they never seem to produce as high as, as people may expect them to because they, they get a big-time win like this pretty much every year. Then they come tournament time, and you go, well, this is the team that beat Gonzaga. This, they're they're going to be a, a five, four, five, maybe six seed that people are like, well, they, they could knock, knock off the three seed because they beat Gonzaga already. I mean, don't. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying that people are going to fall victim to that probably, and I'm going to pick that three seed to beat St. Mary's, which whoever it may be, because there's a ton of loaded talent. The only one I probably would pick them over would be Providence. That's that's probably the only one I would pick them over. Well, they're they're one of those teams that I could see them losing in the first round as well. Providence or St. Mary's. St. Mary's. St. Mary's. Both of them. Honestly. Well, yeah, both of them. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, they're they're one of those five or six seeds that you look at. When they play the 12 seed and are like, they might they might lose this game. They very, very definitely could might. And up next for you, this one could be the most shocking of them all. I think when you're looking at it all, all of the top six, I think this one strikes me as the most shocking. And it's still not that shocking because Colorado does this to a team pretty much every year. A team, just one of these top tier Pac-12 teams that comes, plays on the road at Colorado in Boulder, I mean, it's just, but this wasn't close, really, either. They led from wire to wire, for the most part. Well, I mean, Arizona led at halftime, but... It was still close. They didn't, Arizona didn't show up in the second half. They weren't there. Colorado scored 47 points in the second half. This is this is another thing with the new AP rankings that kind of surprised me. Like, yeah, I think Arizona should have stayed... In the top four, probably, but I, it's hard for me to 
justify them staying that number two spot after losing by 14 points to a Colorado team. I mean, they're not a terrible team, but this this week's rankings are just so hard to put anywhere, anyone anywhere in that top ten because of and we'll we'll get how to everything them. played. We'll in. get them. We'll get there. Okay. Don't don't jump ahead of my little thing that I have in my mind here. All right. We'll get there. What did did you get a chance to watch this game? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was just one where Colorado was hitting a lot of shots. I mean, simply put, Arizona typically doesn't play very well in the first half against teams, but they hit one run, one 15-0 run, or 15-2, I mean, they hit some run in the second half that just blows the game open, and they never turn back. Or they hit some run in the first half, which they did against Utah. That Utah game was close until late in the first half, and they hit a run and never turned back. Because they don't typically allow runs against them, but props to Colorado. They came up and showed up, came here showed out and they they really played themselves back with an opportunity to get into the NCAA tournament as an at large team. It would not shock me at all to see them get there. When you when you shoot 10% better than a team, that plays a lot too. Absolutely. I, Arizona only made 25 field goals including three point field goals the entire game. Yeah, Colorado's going to need to do a lot of work to get there, but th- this opens the door there. They, they've, they've got to capitalize on some big-time wins late in the season, which may it, it may be required of them to make the Pac-12 final in order to even have an opportunity to get there. But nonetheless, a fantastic win for the Buffaloes. Moving on to number three in the nation, the Auburn Tigers. On the road at Tennessee, you were high on it. I think... I think I, and I agree with you that this 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 Auburn team was going to lose one of, if not both, these road games. I thought they'd win this one. I really did. Home court advantage. I mean, Auburn's that, terrible on the road. They played a very good team. I, I mean, it, it, Auburn's one of those teams where you don't want to bet against them. Like like Gonzaga, I don't want to take a team over Gonzaga. And you don't really want to take a team over Auburn, but it just the way they're the end of the season is going for them, especially when they're on the road. It it makes sense for them to lose this game, and it may, it even makes sense if Mississippi State beats them. Yeah, I mean, which would be crazy, but the difference between <laughs> Mississippi State fans and. Excuse me, me rephrase that. Mississippi State home court advantage and other teams' home court advantage, such as Tennessee, such as Colorado, such as St. Mary's. Those fans showed up and showed out for that game. I just have a feeling that Mississippi State fans are just not going to show up and not going to show out for this game coming up on Wednesday. I they think they're going to be fans more than usual, but I don't think it's going to be capacity. No, absolutely not. We, we, we've got, what, 10,000 capacity here? I believe it's 10,600. We'd be lucky if we get... 85 and also the fact that it is an 8 p.m. tip off yeah that's gonna play a role that's gonna play a role too i don't i mean look i'd love to see it i'm encouraging all mississippi state fans if you're in the golden triangle i guarantee there's still tickets available get them because this this game is not going to sell out the, the good thing for state is they play very very well at home auburn does not play great on the road that's what they've got going for them if you can get if you can somehow get 95 to 10,000 fans in Humphrey Coliseum, 
I think they're going to make a case for it. I mean, I think it very well could be possible. I think I mean, the, with the way the building is designed, it sounds, sounds a lot louder than it actually is a lot of the times. There's a lot of the times you'll see four or 5,000 fans in there, and it sounds like 10,000. Yeah, it, it it's kind of throws you off. It does, because you, you look around and you see there's not a ton of fans there, but it sounds loud. Shout out to the architects that built the building, because that helps us a lot. But um, I think even if we can get 8,000 fans there, that would be huge. Yeah, I, I think we're going to need uh, – this will be a game where if the fans show up, I think State will win. I agree wholeheartedly, <clears throat> absolutely. But looking at this game as a whole, it was a big-time win for Tennessee. Tennessee's played great at home. It, I mean, it, this one doesn't come as a surprise. Kentucky just lost at the, in the same building recently. And you're going to hear me repeat a very similar sentence coming up. But – so, I mean, this Tennessee team plays great at home. They've got a great home court advantage. Nothing should come as a surprise here. They were even they were favored in this game. I mean, that, that was – still, it's a top three team losing. I'm not – nothing came as a surprise when you sit back and look at the way this, this game played. They put on a run late. Auburn did. They, they, they tried to make something out of it late. They were down by 10 with, what, a minute and a half, two minutes to go. They brought it all the way back down to three and just couldn't quite close in on Tennessee. But that's the way this Auburn team works, is that they're, they're going to hit a run late. They're never out of it. But once again, we see on the road, they just were not able to come all the way back and win it. Not a bad loss for Auburn, but a great win for Tennessee. No, not a bad loss at all. I mean, this Auburn team is going to be a one or a two seed in the tournament unless they just blow it. I think I think if Auburn loses to State Wednesday, I think they will drop to the last two seed. They currently sit as the first two seed at the moment. I, if they lose to State, I think they'll drop to the last two seed. Tennessee now has moved up to the number 11 overall seed, which makes them a, a middle, of the, middle of the pack three seed. So I'd love to see them move up some more. It'd be great for the SEC because they there are now three SEC teams in the top three seed lines Auburn and Kentucky currently both sit on the two line Arkansas and Alabama however both sit on the five seed line so having five in the top five three in the top three Arkansas is incredibly hot right now they are and it would not shock me to see them win the SEC tournament they're sitting at what number 16 right now in the newest AP they're tied for 14th they are 14th they very well could jump inside that top ten at the end to end the season. You're you're gonna play a good LSU team and then a Tennessee team. If you win both those games, I see no reason why you should not be a top ten team. Absolutely, and we'll get to that Arkansas team in just a second. Switching gears here to number four. This was the first one of the day, an 11 a.m. Central tip off. Should not have come as a surprise. Michigan State takes down. Purdue. They had not come off a great string of games there, but you can never count out Tom Izzo and Michigan State because they will win games like this. I don't think either of us were very impressed with this Purdue team, though, coming into this game. I, I haven't been impressed with them all season long, but I don't want to say anything because they've done what they have to do and they win games. I They're, they're, they're going to be a one or a two seed as well. I think they're going to be one of those teams that might lose in the round of 32. Would not shock me at all. They currently sit as the number eight overall seed, the last seed on the two line. 
the last spot there. So with them being, they, they were always on the two line because the committee just has not been impressed with their full body of work. Although they put together a great season, nonetheless. So it wouldn't shock me at all to see them stay on that two line. I think it's too little too late to see them get to that one line. But they'll be a, a one, two, or three seed come March Madness. But Michigan State got a huge win that they really, really needed to improve their seeding spots there. They're probably going to end up being right at about that five or six mark, uh, seeding-wise, maybe even the four. Um, Who? Michigan State. If if they can get hot and win this Big Ten tournament, it wouldn't shock me to see them get all the way up there. Seems like a very high seeding. Yeah, they're very they're 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 a team that thrives in March. Yeah, they are, but I don't know. Just something about I mean, Tom Izzo is Tom Izzo, but this this Michigan State team this year just seems different. That, that doesn't seem like your typical Tom Izzo team. No, it does not. But the 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 Big Ten seems. And I feel like we said this every year. The Big Ten always gets a lot of teams in. They currently are sitting with nine teams in the tournament field. Because it feels like they're always very balanced. But we saw it last year. They had nine teams make the tournament as well. It might have been ten. I believe it's nine, though. And there was only one of them left in the Sweet 16. One out of all nine. There were only one of them left there. I can't. I don't remember which one it was. But I know for a fact there was I only one of them. I think it was Ohio State. No, Ohio State lost to Oral Roberts first round. Was that last year? That was last year. Who was it? I don't know. This is going to kill me now. I'll figure it out. But, I mean, what scares you out of this Purdue team right now? Because they've they've got a great duo, but I I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what I don't like about this Purdue team. I really don't. There's something about it. Can you help me out here in figuring out what it is? I don't like them just because I, I... don't like them. I mean, to me, they're very inconsistent. I, I don't. They just don't. They they win games, but they don't seem like a super dominant team for some reason. What I like about this team is Jaden Ivy and Zach Eady, but otherwise, I'm just. I, I don't know what it is about this team. I'm not a big fan of them. I don't think they're going to go deep in the tournament. I mean, they. Ha- I feel like they have the. I, you know what it might be? It might be the coaching. I just I'm not a, a huge fan of it. The one Big Ten team that was left in the 2021 NCAA Sweet 16 made it to the Elite Eight actually, and it was the one seed, Michigan, before dropping to UCLA in that Elite Eight in a fantastic game. But Michigan started off as a one seed. I thought they would drop to LSU. That that's that's what it was last year. They matched up with LSU in the second round. I thought they were going to lose to LSU. I was not a huge fan of this Michigan team. And that LSU team was stacked last year. They, they had a lot of talent on it. They were Trenton unable to Watford do Watford was. They was crazy. Beast. He was. And this LSU team is stacked once again this year. It would not shock me to see them make a deep run in the tournament once again. But moving right along to the number five ranked team this past weekend in a thrilling game. A game they got up huge early. They were up big time. At one point, they were leading by as many as 13 early in the first half. I mean, they, they just came out the gates and blew them out. I thought it was going to end up looking like the same thing we saw when they played at Kansas. Props to Baylor. It did not. They pulled this win off. 
and a much, much needed one for the Baylor Bears. Yeah, Baylor needed it because I was really starting to – I was getting to that point where I was like, this team isn't as good as everybody thinks they are. So so it, it's a big-time win for them against a very hot Kansas team. And Kansas didn't shoot well in this game. They only shot 34% from the field, 25% from three. And usually when you see that, you think, oh, they just had a bad shooting night. Baylor played fantastic defense on this Kansas team. Watching this game, I mean, Kansas did not get a whole lot of open looks. So if you just look here, look at it and you say, well, I mean, they shot 34%. Of course, of course they're going to lose. Well, Baylor played outstanding defense on them. So Baylor deserves all the credit here because Kansas did not get a lot of open shots. And I think that we saw, I mean, Kansas dominated the, the, the offensive rebounding battle. They won it 16-9. to And that was due to the fact that they were closing out to so many of these shooters and, and forcing a lot of these contested shots. So Kansas got easy rebounds and led to them getting some easy putbacks. But nonetheless, Baylor played outstanding defense in this one. And Baylor didn't shoot well from three themselves. Only no. three of 14. Sometimes you don't, you don't have to shoot well from three to win games, though. I mean, it was a good one for Baylor because I, I was losing hope in them. I kind of was as well. And finally, the sixth and final team in the AP top six to lose the Kentucky Wildcats. So sad. And a thrilling matchup. But once again, home court advantage. Arkansas has proven that they are fantastic. And I said earlier that I would repeat a very similar sentence. This is a Arkansas home crowd that Auburn came in here recently and lost to. So Kentucky and Auburn both have now lost on the road at Arkansas and at Tennessee. So there's a very clear top four in the SEC, without a doubt. Alabama's number five. So there's a very clear top five, I should say, but Alabama very clearly is number, is the fifth one. But you know Kentucky and Auburn are your top two, and you know Arkansas and Tennessee are your three and four, no matter how you order them, in whatever order you want to. Personally, I think it goes Kentucky, Auburn, Arkansas, and then Tennessee. That's, that's how I would have it go. Do you agree with me there? M- most likely. Either, I, I might on occasion switch Tennessee and Arkansas but yeah I mean they're, they're close they're, they're, I, I feel like they're so close you, you can't really say one way or the other but another fantastic win for Arkansas and this one was another one where Arkansas was favored of Kentucky that home court advantage provides a huge advantage still I, I just something deep down inside me Kentucky was healthy I thought they would win this game well like you said home court advantage plays a huge role Auburn was healthy, and they still lost. I mean, I don't think it's anything to fear for this Kentucky team. They're, they're, they're going to get hot at the right moment again, and they're just going – I feel like they're going to run their way through March. Yeah, Ty Ty Washington and Sevier Wheeler both came back and played this game. They both came off the bench, but that's a little misleading, I think, because they played 35 and 29 minutes respectively compared to – Jacob Toppin and Davion Mintz, who played. They they didn't shoot well from the field, though, in their first game back. No, I mean, they didn't. The only person that really shot well for this team was Oscar Shibway, who took 21 shots, shooting 13 of 21, putting up another absurd stat line of 30 and 18. I mean, my goodness. Jeez, somebody, like, you can't stop him. <laughs> like, no, you, you just can't. can't. He, he's just... <laughs> he. <laughs> He reminds me of 
a college version of Shaq's NBA. I don't think there's another way to describe him. I mean, he is the most dominant player in all of college basketball. It very well could be. I mean, I mean, I think as far as the word dominant goes, he's not the best. Don't get me wrong. He's he's not. There's there's a few guys out there that are just absolutely ridiculous. When when you're averaging 17 points a game and you're almost averaging as many rebounds as points a game, that is not human. Like that shouldn't be a thing. 17 points, 15 and a half rebounds. You know, at first it was 15 and 15. Those numbers keep going up. I mean, it is just his and, and they're just going to go. Ahead. They're going to keep going up. Oh yeah. I would. In, in March, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a a twenty twenty or a twenty five twenty game. I, I mean, he has the capability to do it. Kentucky closes the season out hosting Ole Miss on Tuesday and on the road at Florida, which Florida may need another big time win there. They're currently sitting the next four out. That's another huge opportunity for Florida there to close out their season. But sticking with the Florida Gators here, over the weekend, I mean, they, they they beat Georgia, which is something that they need to do, obviously. But prior to that, they had lost to Arkansas, a win they really needed at home. That would have been a fantastic win. They get a second opportunity at a big-time win, hosting Kentucky to close the season out. Before that, they're on the road at Vanderbilt, which Vanderbilt has not looked bad this season at all. But Florida needs to close the season 2-0 here to make the tournament. Uh, Vanderbilt is one of those teams where I would not be surprised whatsoever if they made a run in the SEC tournament. They're playing in Nashville. They're playing at, or they're playing in Tampa. Women's is in Nashville. I messed that up. But either way, Scottie Pippen Jr. is just all you can ask for and more. Absolutely. I, I, it, I mean, they gave Mississippi State a run for their money on Saturday. It's starting to look like that, that Vanderbilt will be playing in the first round, unfortunately for them, because it seems as if if everything holds the way it is now, Texas A&M will get that first round by instead of Vanderbilt. Texas A&M very well could drop both of those games, though. They're going to play Alabama and Mississippi State. They could. I would take them to drop to Alabama. and I'd, I'd, it's, it's in College Station, isn't it? Where? Mississippi State. But yes. Yeah, I would I would probably expect them to beat Mississippi State. Um unless you know, I don't know. Vanderbilt has a very winnable schedule though. Yeah, I mean absolutely they do. Hosting Florida. Vanderbilt plays better at home. I mean, I feel like a lot of teams do, of course, but they, they just naturally don't play well on the road. BPI giving them a fifty four point six percent chance to win this game. I think Vanderbilt gets it done there. At Florida? Hosting Florida. Or Hosting Florida, yeah, I do too. I I think that they're gonna. I think A and M is gonna drop their last two games of the season, and I think Vandy's gonna move up. Would not shock me at all. But let's take a look at that new AP top ten right now. Gonzaga holds the number one spot after losing. Arizona holds the number two spot after losing. I don't think that's surprising. <clears throat> I was. I mean, I. You it's it's some- so hard. After top six teams went lose, yeah, I, I, I agree with the with the voters here in that the gap between Gonzaga and Arizona and everyone else felt a little bigger. You know, Auburn had started to lose games lately, so they were clearly the third best team. But the gap between Auburn and Arizona, I felt, was pretty large. 
So I'm not surprised to see Gonzaga and Arizona hold those two spots, even after losing. What I'm what I'm more or less surprised about is, yeah, Gonzaga, Gonzaga lost to a ranked St. Mary's team. Arizona got blown out by Colorado. And then Auburn lost by five to a very good 17-ranked Tennessee team. If you're going to keep Gonzaga and Arizona there, I have a hard time not leaving Auburn there. And... With as much bias as you know I have against Auburn, and I'm saying that, they, a five-point loss on the road to a very good Tennessee team, and you're going to move them down two spots. The gap between two and four, nonetheless two and five, is is minuscule. I mean... Arizona comes in with 1,360 points. Baylor comes in with 1,342 points. Duke comes in with 1,306 points. There's a little bit of a drop-off there before Auburn comes in with 1,268 points. But the gap between Arizona and Duke is is just a few voters voting, you know, Arizona down a spot, Baylor 54, up a spot. 54 yeah, I points. mean, that's, that's it. It's close. So, I mean, they're all under the middle school scope, and Arizona gets no first-place votes, which is not surprising. Baylor gets four at the number three spot there, moving up seven spots from 10 after their big win over Kansas. And Duke gets 11 first place votes as the highest ranked AP team to not lose on Saturday. They get 11. I I don't understand why Baylor moved up seven spots, and I don't understand why they got any votes for first place. Makes no sense in my mind. They had one big win. I I don't understand how that justifies seven spots. If if they're going to jump seven spots for beating the number five team in the nation and Tennessee is only going to go up four spots for beating the number three team in the nation, I don't I don't understand. Yeah, I mean that's that's a whole different thing though. I just based on where they were moving in the polls. I mean, they were they were seven top 10 teams that lost and Baylor was sitting at number 10. So naturally they're going to move up probably more than a lot of these top 25 teams lower top 25 teams are because i mean there weren't a ton of of 11 through 25 teams that necessarily lost i mean i believe there were more top 10 teams to lose than 11 through 25 teams to lose on the weekend or for the week for the weekend uh that might be so yeah i mean there were i think it was the those four voters have a ton of power in the fact that they rank them first. Because you, you get more points being first than anyone else, obviously. But I feel like it's a case with a, lot of, a good amount of these voters that they had Baylor up higher. Some of them probably had Baylor top five prior to all these teams losing. Because not too long ago, Baylor was the number one team in the nation. Just about what, a month and a half ago, they were number one-ish or so, maybe two months there's still a, quite a few people that were very, very impressed with Baylor's body of work and the way Baylor plays. So I can't necessarily say I'm surprised with how high they jumped, but I personally did not have them jumping this high. So I'm not surprised by it, but I, I can't say that I would have put them this high, you know? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. I just I, I don't think one win... I get what you're saying too. I, I don't. I don't think it's deserving, and I don't think this Baylor team is as good as everybody thinks. I, they, they have dropped off in the past month and a half. Ever since their first loss, they have not been nearly as good as they were. And I, I didn't think they were that great when they were number one. I think they're a good team, but I don't think 
I don't think they're going to make a run in the tournament. Unless they just have a dumb, easy part of the bracket. And they could very easily get a dumb, easy part of the bracket because they currently sit as a number one seed at the moment. They are the last number one seed, sitting at four right behind Kansas, who holds that three spot on the one line. Of course, Gonzaga and Arizona holding those top two spots. Moving on down here, as stated, Auburn is number five. Kansas drops one spot to number six after their loss to Baylor. Kentucky drops one spot once again to number seven. And Purdue drops four spots. This was this one almost felt like the voters were waiting for Purdue to lose because everyone kind of felt it was coming. I don't think they're impressed with them. We're not impressed with them. They're going to have to win this Big Ten tournament for me to have them go deep in the postseason. I, I'm still not sure if that impresses me. I mean, I, I think it would. Imp- I mean, there's there's just so many fantastic Big Ten teams, and obviously yeah, but they're they're, they're they're not like top tier teams. They're they're good no, teams. They're like, but if, it would if, take a lot to win this tournament. Well, they're not even the one seed in their own conference tournament, though. The SEC, whoever wins that. I, Oh, I don't ever want to say this. This hurts to say. If Auburn wins the SEC tournament, I will be impressed. Because they have exquisite teams. Very very great teams. You've got how many in the top five for the SEC? One, two. In the top 25? No, in the top five. Or, excuse me, top 15. You've four. got four. Yeah. Five in the top twenty-five. You've got four top in the top fifteen. The Big Ten has two. You you have a lot more talent. The issue with the Big Ten is a lot of these teams are so up and down. Ohio State is all over the place. Iowa. Illinois has been all over the place recently. Iowa all over the place. Rutgers all over the place. Michigan all over the place. Michigan State all over the place. Like they they have potential to be really good teams, but they're not consistent whatsoever. Whichever one of these teams gets hot, and and there's quite a few of them that could, because all I, of these teams are very good at home. There's only one of them that's decent on the road, and that is Wisconsin. Sim- simply put, Wisconsin seems to be the best team in this conference. I think they're well, gonna they regardless of what happens this week, they will be the one seed. They've already clinched it, I believe. I'm not. 100% on that, but I believe they have clinched that one seed in the conference tournament. So, because they hold if they the tiebreaker. they lose both games, Purdue will be the number one if Purdue wins out. Yeah, with the win on Tuesday evening in that top 10 matchup, they will clinch it. But continuing on here, Providence quietly sits as the number nine seed. They just. It's ridiculous. It, I mean,. They just haven't lost a lot. They've simply put, put, they have three losses and are still all the way down at number nine. Even though they're a Big East team, nobody's impressed with their body of work. I think they get blown out tomorrow night on the road at Villanova. I think Villanova just takes it to them. Because Villanova, obviously their body of work is not fantastic. They're still a great ball club, though. Well, I think Villanova's going to win this, but I hope they win by, like, 30 points. I'd love to see it. Uh, I think regardless of— You know, the the sad part is this Providence team hasn't done anything to us. Or, like, but I just don't like them (laughs) because they should not be number nine. It's just simply because— They would get rocked 
by the top 15 teams. They definitely would. And Villanova obviously being one of them. And now Providence is going on the road. If they pull this one out on the road, I'll give them a little respect. I'll, I'll give them, them respect, but they don't, they're going to go up in the rankings too. Oh, I mean, for sure. They might be a number seven or number six team if they beat this Villanova squad, which yeah. by no right do they deserve to be. Depending on what happens. I mean, if all if all top seven teams, well, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they don't move, really. But if they lose, it would. they could they could fall down to number 19, 20. I, they, I they hope Villanova tank. rocks them and they tank. Yeah, they could they could absolutely tank in the they, polls. They should be a 25 to 19 team. Currently sitting in Joe Lenardi's latest projections, they sit at number 14 overall, making them a four seed, which feels about right. I still think that's a little high. Yeah. If they lose, they'll probably drop to a six. If seed. they if they win this game and they win the Big East, cool. <laughs> cool. Give them a, give them a three or a four seed. They could get higher. They could they could reach that two line. Don't say they that. Do. They could. I know, but they're they're. But the, the I would not be surprised sits. if they got rocked by whoever they played in March, in the I first agree. round. Hmm. I I would love to see how it lines up if they line up with one of these South Dakota I hope State they, type I teams. I hope they line up with like Rutgers. That just that just won't happen. I know, but if it did though. If they're a four or five seed, you don't think they'd line if they line up? If the they're a five seed, they could. If they're a four seed, they will not. At large teams, commonly common knowledge as far as the NCAA tournament goes, at large teams, the lowest they could possibly get is the twelve seed. Simply put, they will not be a thirteen seed as an at large team. Those are those are reserved from the thirteen through sixteen seeds, and the two back the two of the twelve seeds are reserved for teams mid major teams that win their conference tournaments. 13, 14, 15, 16, and half of 12. Because there's that many conferences. Because, obviously, I mean, all these tournaments, and we'll dive into a couple of mid-major tournaments in a second, teams that win your conference tournament get an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. So, they'll make up those 13 through 16 March Madness 101 with David. Yeah, I'm happy to to be here and explain it to you. So, if they get a four seed, they cannot play Rutgers. If they get a five seed, they could, depending on where Rutgers ends up. As of right now, for them, they sit at the last four in, which will be either an 11 seed or a 12 seed, one of the two. So it'll be fun to watch. I'm very, very excited to see it. Wisconsin sits at number 10. They could be higher. If they beat Purdue, they will. Yeah, they will. Villanova at number 11. They beat Providence, they'll move up higher. Texas Tech Villanova at 12. is such a weird team, though. They are. It's it's odd to have a team with seven losses, or six losses, or however many it is, seven. at number 11. Yeah. That is so odd. They are the top-ranked seven-loss team. Another team with seven losses. The other AP Top 10 team to lose this past weekend was Texas Tech. And props to TCU, because they just locked themselves into the NCAA tournament with that win right there. They needed it. They really, really, really needed it and they got it I don't think it's a bad loss for Texas Tech they're going to be in I think they're going to be dangerous in March I mean it was a huge win for TCU oh it was and I mean all all you can do is say props to them which because statistically Texas Tech played so much better than them they shot the 
they shot 8% better. And they made all their free throws. TCU dropped, missed 10 free throws. And they still won that game. They just found a way to I win. I mean, simply put. They also got seven more shots than them, but. Yeah, they, that, that, that helps winning. Was it the rebounding battle, the turnover battle, or both? Which one was it? I'm not looking at Re- it. Right uh, turnover. Turnover. Texas yeah. Tech had 20 turnovers. Yeah, that'll that'll lose you a game. Simply put, yeah, there's just they, I mean they out rebounded them only by three, but yeah, at, when you when you commit twenty turnovers a game, you're gonna have some issues. You simply know when you shoot better than a team, and you make more free throws than a team, and you still lose, you're you're one of those two is gonna be a glaring number that you lost by, whether it be rebounding or turnovers. One of them will be glaring. Tennessee sits at number thirteen. Houston at fourteen, which is very quietly at fourteen. They're just. They're not impressive. They're similar to Providence. They're not a very impressive team. At one point, they were. And they dropped two straight. Now they're not. They're tied with Arkansas for that 14 spot. USC very, very quietly sitting at number 16 after what? I mean, what a week they had, simply put. Double overtime on the road at Oregon State, a game they were supposed to win by 12 or 13. And then turn around on Saturday, a game they are favored to lose on the road at Oregon against an Oregon team that really needed it. They hit a big-time three with 11 seconds left. Oregon cannot score. They win by one on the road. A huge win for them there. And that's why they did not move in the top 25 because they got a close, undeserved win and then turn around and get a close, deserved win against a team. And then sitting at number 17... Here are the UCLA Bruins continuing, continuing, continuing to drop. They've dropped all the way to number 27. It's time for me to say that they are not going to win it. And it hurts me. (laughs) It hurts. that You know, I'm going to say this and they might go and win it. And I'm going to be like, well, I gave up on them and now they won. But, I mean, they've got some issues. Maybe they turn it around, Pac-12 tournament, and they get everything flowing the way they need to. But... They're almost they're almost like the uh, the opposite of Baylor. I wasn't impressed with them, becoming more impressed with them, and I think I was too overconfident in UCLA, and now I'm just losing it with them. They will be slated to to probably, I believe everything is probably going to hold in place here as we look through the the final stretch of it. I mean, USC plays UCLA, so maybe they could they could swap from two or three, but either way. They're probably going to play each other in the Pac-12 tournament, USC and UCLA. And the winner of that game will probably, unless Oregon can do something crazy, which they could, but if everything holds the way it's projected to, Arizona will be waiting for them in the Pac-12 championship game. If UCLA wins both those games, I will become re-impressed with them. Uh, Yeah, I will too. Don't think it's going to happen, though. Don't think it's going to happen either. They can beat USC, absolutely. I have a harder time believing they're going to beat USC than Arizona. I'm not. Arizona's a good team, but for some, they're like, um, they're like Purdue to me. I'm just not impressed with them. We're not even going to start on that. We're not, we're not going to start on that. I'm far and beyond impressed with Arizona. They, without a doubt, are the best Pac-12 team. There's they, a without reason a doubt, they haven't been number one this entire season. There's a reason they remain at number two after losing to a because bad they're team. not good enough to be number one. No, the reason if they would have lost to this team any other week of the year, they would have dropped. It was coincidence that the top six teams lost the it week they lost so, to I mean, a bad team. But everyone else below them dropped. I mean, they they were there was a reason. I mean, 
Gonzaga and Arizona, far and beyond, are the top two teams resume-wise. I think Arizona is a top two team. No, Villanova is resume-wise better than everyone else. Their resume is far and behold harder and more impressive. That's strength of schedule. That's not resume. Resume is er, what you've done in those games. I got it mixed up. Don't get mad at me. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to yell at you. But I'm still not impressed. Yeah, okay, whatever. We're going to keep moving on. UConn sits at the number 18 spot after what a week for them. They beat Villanova in a close, thrilling game on Tuesday turnaround and just do what they're supposed to on Saturday. That was a big-time win for them. Only move up three spots in the polls, but that's that's just big time for them there. St. Mary's, we've already talked about, number 19. Illinois, we spoke on briefly, number 20, after dropping a home game to Ohio State and then winning a road game at Michigan. Texas drops one spot to number 21 there after... You know, they they won both games. Both decently impressive wins. This next one's sad. Murray State. It's sad. They won. And they dropped. They still a win is a win. I I know a win is a win, but when you're they they saw it coming. I mean they knew they were gonna drop in the polls. Yeah, you probably saw it coming, but give them a little bit of credit. (laughs) You couldn't just keep them where they are. I I was a fan of keeping them where they are, but I mean, they, they, they saw they're, it they're on an 18 game win streak. I know they play no one, but 18 game win streak is pretty impressive. And they will be one of the conference tournaments we'll get to in just a second after we close this out. Ohio State drops one spot after the week they had. Like we said, they won on the road at Illinois, turnaround on the road at Maryland. Maryland handled business. They're a bubble team, they needed that win. Good for them. Iowa, we've talked on them all year long. Number 24 and closing out. I mean, they both these two teams right here are just up and down. All three of them. You know what? We'll include Ohio State there too. Alabama drops one spot to number 25. <laughs> Heck, the top 19 minus Murray State are all over the place. Or excuse me, top 20. They're, I mean... They've been up and down the entire season. Yeah. They're in and out week to week. And they they could all be dangerous come tournament time is the scary part. Absolutely. All right, I know you want to talk mid-majors. Let's hear it. Oh, man. Mid- postseason basketball starts tonight, everybody. It starts tonight. Of course, the game tonight is terrible. Will I be watching? Probably. Because it's postseason basketball. The team that loses tonight will have their season ended between Central Connecticut and Fairleigh Dickinson. This is the Northeast Conference Tournament, but this is not one of the conference tournaments I want to touch on, but I just wanted to put it out there that this is a... Yeah, I know you're not prepared for my mid-major moment here. No, I, I, why, why do you talk about two teams that are 7-23 and 23 and 4-21? and 21? It's, <laughs> it's not even being broadcasted on television. It is a postseason basketball. The How w- are you going to watch it? It's not being broadcasted on television. It's an ESPN, ESPN Plus game, isn't no, it? No, it's not. I, I believe this game will be broadcast via sh- ugly stream on the Northeast Conference website. 
I probably won't actually watch it. But with that being they said, they have a combined forty-four losses. Postseason eleven basketball. wins. Ten post no, 11 postseason basketball begins tonight. March begins tomorrow, and that's where we'll start seeing the big time tournaments come in. There, the first one I would like to touch on is the Ohio Valley Conference. Sitting at the one seed in that conference is Murray State. The Racers, obviously a fantastic season. Lo and behold, they should be sitting at the number one spot for that conference, absolutely. But a team whose name we've seen time and time again in the NCAA tournament is Belmont. It would not surprise me to see Belmont become a bid stealer. If anyone besides Murray State wins this conference tournament, somebody else's bubble is getting popped. One of those at-large spots will go away. Because Murray State, regardless of how they do in the conference tournament, have secured a spot in the NCAA tournament field. Any one of those other teams, which Moorhead State could do it too, if Belmont wins this conference tournament, they will take somebody else's at-large spot. I think they can do it. They're a fantastic offensive team. They're a great defensive team. But I think easily Murray State is the favorite. I have a question, just okay. because you know this knowledge and I don't. You said the, what was it, 13 seeds, and then half of the 12 seeds go to these. If Murray State wins this, where are they? They're sitting right at about a 9 or a 10 seed right Okay, now. so if they do win this, they're going to be that 9 or a 10 seed. Do you, what they, happens then? They, they could drop to one of, one of, they'll probably still be a 10 seed, but what do you mean? So, does that open up a spot for the bubble? Because they're not taking one of those 12 to 13 spots. They're already... As of right now, that spot is open. So, like, very commonly put, it's half the 12 seeds, but it could be three of the 12 seeds. It could be all of the 12 seeds, or it could be none of the 12 seeds. So, just for this example, a team that is on the bubble could take one of those 12 seeds. If Murray State wins the conference tournament? Yes. No, they're currently projected to win the conference tournament. Okay. What but I'm they, saying is, they though... Lose, what I'm saying is, though, you would have two teams get in from the Ohio Valley Conference if someone other than Murray State wins. Which would... Murray State, just for example, would be that 10 seed. Then, for example, if Belmont won, they would take one of those 12, 13, 14, 15, or 16 seeds. If Murray State wins, they take that 10 seed. Mm -hmm. Then you don't have another team taking that 12 through 16 seed. So does that open up a spot for a team that is on the bubble? For example, we're not on the bubble, but Mississippi State. If they could mark their way into it, could they take that spot that was reserved for the Ohio Valley Conference winner, even though if they're if, higher than one Murray of their State, spots. If yes. Murray State wins the conference tournament? Yes. Technically, yes. It would open up a spot for an at-large team. But because of all the projections we look at, including we mainly we stick with Joe Lenardi's for the most part, just because that's the most known bracketologist. He invented the term bracketology. You know, it's good he's, he's the most reliable. Yeah, absolutely. He, statistically, he's the best. But... With the way he is projecting the tournament and the way everyone's looking at his projections, that spot has already been given to Murray State as the conference tournament winner. So the way it works now... So I see what you're saying. It bumps... With the way that is being done, it would, for example, if Mississippi State was on the bubble, it would supposedly knock them out. 
Yeah, like let's, if someone other than Murray State. Won. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, you're getting it. There we go. So if Belmont wins the tournament, that's why they're called a bid stealer because Murray State is the projected winner of the conference. I knew how that worked, but yeah. I just trying to my brain. The sad part is, I think I know all of this, but I don't have it down to a science like you do. Now, now you've got it all straightened out, right? We good? Perfect. Why no? But getting back to it, it wouldn't shock me to see Belmont win this tournament. I mean, obviously it's March; it's going to be one game, but. That's just a prime example of a bid stealer there. That's why I want to touch on this one because Belmont's a great team. <clears throat> they've been in this tournament before. They've won this tournament before. They've won games in the NCAA tournament before. I think Murray State wins this conference, though. I do. I don't I don't see Belmont getting a bid steal there. Do you agree with me I here? think it's possible, but I think Murray State is going to win it. I mean, they're you're, they're on an 18-game win streak. Yeah. They're hot. I, I th- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they're going to uh, – they should win. The second conference tournament I wanted to touch on simply because our listeners will hear two names they recognize probably. One of them they should recognize is the Summit League tournament. South Dakota State, this is the one seed. And I've said this team's name – if you've been listening to us, I've said their name multiple times because they are one of the most exciting teams to watch in college basketball because they score a ton of points. They're so fun to watch. They're the one seed in this tournament. But that's not the name I expect people to recognize. The name I expect people to recognize out of this conference is Oral Roberts. For what they did last season in the NCAA tournament, they're back again. They've got the same guy there. I believe his name is Max Asmus, Asmus, I believe is his name, who put on a show in the tournament last year, beating the number two seed and beating in the number seven seed, I believe it was Ohio State and Florida last year. Will Roberts could absolutely win this conference. The difference between these two, the difference between the Summit League and the Ohio Valley Conference is that South Dakota State has not secured an at-large spot if they lose this tournament. The winner of this conference tournament will go to the NCAA tournament. Everybody else will not. So for South Dakota State to be this fun team that I'm very excited to see them in the NCAA tournament, they have to win it. With that being said, Oral Roberts absolutely could do the same exact thing. We saw what they did last year. They can do it again. Watch out. Just, just If you get an opportunity, because all of these conference tournament championship games are aired on either ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, all of those, or CBS. All or of them, ESPN+. Plus. No, all of the conference tournament championship games oh, championships, my bad, my bad. are actually network aired. So if we get to see South Dakota State and Oral Roberts play in that champ- championship game, I'm putting a flyer out there. Please watch that game. It will be so fun to watch, and it will give you a, a chance to just look at these two teams because the winner of that game will play somebody like one of those Alabama teams, one of those Ohio State teams, one of those Iowa teams that we've harped on that can lose in the first round but could also go to the you know Sweet 16 or Elite 8, they would be losing to one of these two teams. One of them will. I'm not sure what the matchup will be, but if South Dakota State or Oral Roberts matches up with Alabama, that is going to be a game that is so incredibly high scoring. It will be so fun to watch. If they match up with Providence, Providence drops late here and they move back to a five seed, I would take either of those two teams to beat Providence. Because those two teams just score a lot of points. They've got a decent amount of firepower. They're coached well. They're veteran-led. 
So those are the kind of teams you look for being Cinderella's. One of these two teams, whoever wins the conference tournament, could very easily be. That's just my little soapbox speech there. All right, mid-major expert, I need help again. Okay. There are 10 teams in the Summit. Why yes. are there only eight playing in the tournament? It's just the way they have structured their conference tournament. But it's the bottom similar. two teams aren't the teams that are out. Because I, I was looking at this and I'm very confused. <laughs> in, in the bottom of their standings, you have UND and Omaha. On Saturday, South Dakota State is playing Omaha. So I'm going to relate this back to an Alabama example here. A few years ago, North Alabama, a couple of years ago, became a Division One team. They used to be Division Two. Remember, they were they were they became a D1 team. We've seen players from the Central Alabama area go play for them. This goes back to last year. North Alabama was in the conference tournament championship game. But no matter what happened, the other team they were playing, I don't remember who it was, was going to be that conference tournament representative in the NCAA tournament. Because according to the NCAA rules, once a team becomes Division One, they are not NCAA tournament eligible until, I believe, three years after they become eligible. So those two teams you just listed, or it's recruiting violations, they've got a postseason ban. But more likely, they, are just, they have just become Division One teams. So they are not allowed to be NCAA tournament eligible until or until that. So some conferences choose to let those teams play in the conference tournament, similar to what the Atlantic, the ASUN did, I believe, is what the conference is named, did last year with North Alabama. They allowed them to play, even though they didn't do very good. They allowed them to play in the conference tournament and give them an opportunity to win the conference championship, whereas we see the Summit League here, are just saying, you know, you're not postseason eligible. We're not going to give you a chance to win the conference tournament. We just want our big dogs to have a chance to play, you know? Ladies and gentlemen, rules expert David Smith. Thank you, everybody. That is the Summit League. So, like I said, those two teams would be incredibly fun to watch. We've got two more mid-majors I want to touch on here before we close the episode. And these two are much more, much more well-known. First up, the Missouri Valley Conference. Very well known by Sister Jean and Loyola Chicago. This team went to the Final Four a couple of years ago. They are not the number one seed in their conference tournament. They're not the number, number two seed in their conference tournament. They're not even the number three seed in their conference tournament. They're the number four seed in their conference tournament. But they are still expected to win this conference tournament. The number one seed is Northern Iowa, who just picked up a huge overtime win over Loyola Chicago yesterday. Number two is Missouri State who I believe did the same thing earlier this year. Number three is Drake, who was in this conference tournament championship game last year. And it was so fun. They were, last season, they were the last unbeaten team in all of college basketball. We've seen some other big names here. Valparaiso, if you're, a, if you're a, an older fellow out there, you know the name Valparaiso from the buzzer beater they hit over Ole Miss, I believe. I think it was. If you're a younger fellow out there, a name you might recognize is Evansville. Because last season, they pulled off one of the most improbable upsets in regular season NCAA history when they beat Kentucky. There's a ton of big names here. This will be a conference tournament to watch. I think Loyola Chicago wins it. But this is one of these examples, whereas similar to Murray State, if Loyola Chicago loses they could still be in the tournament field they're not a lock like murray state is 
they would be on the they would become one of those at large bubble teams. They would probably fall out of the tournament, but if every if a bunch of other bubble teams lost, Loyola well, Chicago could still find themselves in as an at large team. I think Sister Jean goes back to March. I think so as well. I would love I think to she see comes it. I think she goes back, I do. <laughs> I think she very well could. If she goes back to March, I don't necessarily know if they beat these bigger teams. Beat I don't know if they go deep in March like they have before. I, I, I'm not sure they would. And finally, closing things out here. This one's a little more straightforward. It is still technically a mid-major. The West Coast Conference Tournament will be getting started soon. Obviously, the most known names here, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, San Francisco, Santa Clara, BYU, those are the five that are just most known. You know, those are the five teams that have all had an opportunity to get it in the NCAA tournament this year. The game to watch with this conference is going to be BYU versus San Francisco as the four and five seeds here. They could match up prior. That may not even happen, though. It may not. Their bracket's weird. The way they do the bracket. Their bracket is weird. It's odd. It may like not it. happen. But it, the top two seeds get like three buys. I think it's longer. Than, I think it's four buys. <laughs> they, so whoa, they don't play. They automatically get to go to the semifinals. They miss one, two, three. They have three buys. Yeah, and then they're in the semifinals, which is ridiculous. The West Coast Conference took a chance here to reward regular season teams for doing better, rather than putting like similar to the SEC or even the Big Ten, any of these big conferences who just say, you know, the team that is the five seed gets the same amount of buys as the team that is the ten seed. The WCC said, not today. We're not giving that opportunity. Obviously, these tournaments, most of them played on a neutral site floor, especially in the championship game. Can St. Mary's beat Gonzaga twice I think and they win can. the West Coast tournament? I think they can. I mean... They beat them at home. They lost away. I wonder if home court advantages is what pulled Gonzaga through. I. It would not shock me if St. Mary's beat Gonzaga again. It wouldn't shock me either. I would. I, both a part of, the, of me wants teams, to see it happen. I would love to see it happen too. I'd love to see Gonzaga lose. But both those teams there, the home court team won. It'll be fun to watch on neutral floor. But Saint Mar- San Francisco and BYU are both bubble teams. Whoever does better in this West Coast Conference tournament will get into the NCAA tournament more than likely. Whoever does worse will not. That'll be fun to watch. This has been Hot Takes Today. For Cody Blazak, I'm David Smith. We'll be back with you on Wednesday.